here we are sitting down to record part two of our responses to blood of my blood this is game of bones thank you for joining us Welcome back, everybody. This is, as I said, part two of of our talks and including owns. Now with 100% more owns than last week. Than last week. Well, that, that's what I was saying. We didn't have a chance to do this last week, so I'm super excited to actually get into it. I feel kind of rusty. How many times have you guys seen the episode? I've seen it twice. I watched it two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've been waiting since earlier in the week, since the beginning of the week, since Sunday night to talk to you guys more into detail about Bran's vision. I was upset to that we left it off, but I knew that we had to because how would we talk about it? I mean, we, yeah, but like all of all of my thoughts and all of my feelings were paid off when I saw this breakdown of the scenes. Like each one was broken down by a commenter on Watchers. I think the username's Cine Quinone. Uh, I butchered that. Apologies. There's a lot in there. And I, I recall us on Sunday going, we can try to talk about this, but we've only watched the episode once. How do we even begin? And I right. think we've had a chance. There's a couple YouTube videos out there where they slow it down and this breakdown that we've got and Watchers did a breakdown as well. Um, that's been super helpful in kind of realizing how much is in this vision. And it, it kind of just made me think of all these thoughts are being transferred over to him because it's so quick and so almost seemingly random of scenes from what we assume are both the past and possibly the future. You know, there's, I think there's a cloud joke to be made, right? Like the, the, the three eyed Ravens uh, thoughts were, were stored in the cloud. <laughs> and the roots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. The roots, but like the cloud, because there's definitely clouds in the sky. <laughs> Never mind, It failed. All right. It's Thursday. No, it's Welcome good. I liked it. The middle of the week. Here we go. <laughs> I like that idea that, uh, I mean, it is essentially an, an info info dump or info download, but uh, it'll take him some time to really go over and process and learn. You know, we kind of um, neglect uh, to remember just how long Bran did have with the Raven. Uh, you know, he was off all, all season five. He was missing. He was with the Raven during those moments. And, you know, we we didn't quite see... Uh, that he had become more skilled or really, you know, been shown a lot of these visions. Unfortunately, like they, they could have done Bran's story two ways. And I think what they chose to do is show him in the more vulnerable, haven't yet really learned how to do this kind of state. Whereas they could have actually had him, you know, essentially they could have started a season off with Bran being more or less a dream warrior, like in that Elm Street movie, you know, and like absolutely prepared still still having not yet seen the most important scenes like tower of joy uh and obviously the winterfell with willis young willis but you know he could have been a little bit more better equipped to deal with the flood of visions or uh had more understanding of how to grasp the world of of traveling a little bit better um but now you know we have a scene at the beginning of of episode six of season six where he isn't even conscious for half of it, and he he needs rescue. He and Mira need rescue. And if Benjen slash Cold Hands had not shown up, they would have died, and then all hope for the future would have been lost. That's how vulnerable Bran is 
in in this season, and he has not yet learned, and we do not know how long it will take him to learn. Benjin seemed hopeful, which makes me hopeful, but it's anyone's guess how quickly he'll be able to grasp even a third of what he saw, which, as we know from this breakdown, is a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we've had a few days because Benny Coldhands, mm, man, that's a that's a big one, you know. Benji Stark is back. I'm actually just watched last night the mm-hmm. pilot of Game of Thrones with oh, one of my close it. friends, mm-hmm. and it went over very well. And then um, before we recorded tonight, was in the house and I heard uh, the King's Road. I heard episode two playing, and I got to see Benjamin and John yeah. spending some time with each other. And it just, you know, I, I felt a lot of so much foreboding uh, between so many of these characters. And obviously, that's the design of the story. George does it. HBO does it. But you know, when you when you're going directly from episode six, season six, to seeing some of those direct references and stuff, that the payoff is so uh, is so satisfying. So with these stakes being so high. I'm uh, I'm really wired in to where we are in the season right now, and I'm really excited about uh, the opportunity tonight to sort of dive into a few more of those things that I haven't been able to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brand's visions. I mean, like the, the start off the episode this way after you know they're literally steps. You know, they're probably half a mile from the door. From from what had just happened, what was what was just seen, and. Um, the mechanics of how this is happening to him are what interests me. Why? Why is this happening? And we can guess that the power and the energy uh, of the Three-Eyed Raven maybe got some kind of, uh, you know, like it was it was transferred since one was gone and the other was left. Or it, it had started before the Night King even attacked the Three-Eyed Raven. Like he was sort of, he was beginning that dumping process. Or, or this is just, uh, you know, synapses firing and it's Bran doing everything on his own. And we just don't know it because we're, you know, we're not him. And he's out cold at the moment and we're literally seeing what he's seeing. So that'll be interesting. And I think that we're on the path to those answers. But I think it's it's very cool that uh, Benjen seems to reflect what what I was speaking about last week. He's just so confident about Bran's future. He says what right. will happen. He says how it will happen. He says you will face the Night King. You will face him in the realm of men, and you will be ready. And mm-hmm. these are very confident uh, guesses. And I don't think that he's I don't <laughs> think that he's doing it just to give Bran like hope. I think he's telling Bran, listen, man, this is going to happen one way or another. Let's just try to kick ass while we get there. Drink this blood. Don't die. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Bran has seen much, but what does it mean? Will he continue to change history? This is something that uh, the episode did not address as well. Uh, we saw him looking sort of horrified uh, in seeing Willis convulsing on the ground, and he seemed to very clearly understand that it was his fault. Uh, and he had that revelation, but we didn't quite have a, a moment from Bran in this episode where he said, yeah, I'm never going to do anything like that again. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I hope that he doesn't though, but there's, there's some theories out there, which I don't know if I necessarily agree that Bran had the ability to, or Bran, Bran made the Mad King mad. Yeah, um, we talked about that before. We, we've talked about that before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think that that really plays into this question of will he continue to change history? Will he understand what he what he did with Hodor? Will he have the self-control to not go back and, and I guess, change history 
Well, I will he be able to go back and understand that he has the power to affect things, history, affect things, and yeah. what what he's living through now it has to do with the choices that were made by him. Time Later. travel is just yeah, psycho. So um, I think that that's an interesting question. I think that it plays into this idea of, that we t- have been talking about this whole season about Bran and whether or not he's going to be able to use his power for quote unquote good or bad. Which I know it's more gray than that and that's such a black and white way to put it but is Bran going to be able to do this thing like Benjen has such a confidence in him like you were you were saying Zach but can Bran really do it in the right way I, I just feel a little uneasy about his abilities at this point which is maybe not fair because we haven't really he barely woke up. We haven't really given him, given him a chance to react to what has happened with Hodor, with all of these things that he's just seen with the Mad King, with the Red Wedding, with Hardhome, with Wildfire. Um, so his thought process, I hope that we, I mean, I, we will see, see more of that. And I'm interested to see how he comes to terms with, with all these things. I, me too. I'm interested to see how we all come to terms with these things he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders and he doesn't have anyone to really speak in exposition about it Benjamin seems to know more than most people my question is we understand or we're guessing that some of these scenes that we're seeing with wildfire burning things are from the future because we know that that didn't happen in king's landing with the mad king um, not that huge explosion. Not that huge explosion. Right. I mean, so it, it's it certainly could have. I think, in fact, that's one of the the best realizations. Uh, it might be in Clash of Kings with Tyrion. He's like, you know, King, the the whole capital is a powder keg. And it Jamie stopped that from happening. Jamie, the clear villain from the very beginning of the story, or not mm-hmm. the villain, but a a clear villain uh, for all intents and purposes. And, and and that was a part of his narrative, obviously. But um, yeah. they made a point of it to burn it all down. They made a point to show it in this particular vision they showed jamie killing the mad king they showed the mad king shouting and they also showed jamie sitting on the throne right so is bran is bran gonna be able to separate those things like is bran gonna be able to understand that some of this is in the past and has already happened and some of this hasn't well i wonder if it's not necessarily even the future although that would be terrifying and probably accurate um but if he can also see alternate histories because clearly that's what would have happened had the Mad King not died. I don't think that, I don't, just based off of the realm that the Three-Eyed Raven has established for us, the very clear rules. Yeah. Um, and especially just seeing how, all, with all the variables there were, the fact that Hodor slash Willis' situation ended as perfectly as it did with the loop being closed and the loop being begun at the same Each time. It's not branching necessarily. Exactly. Like, that it's, yeah. it's, George has created a universe where this is possible, but it's also very strict. Yeah. So it's wide while being limited and I'm I'm very intrigued about it because we we've, we've talked about this. We've talked about the the potential, you know, we're talking about very tinfoily things right now, but if Brand can do this, the potential for him to make larger impacts or him to have already made those impacts that have put the world into motion as it is now um, are definitely there. And I feel like at least for the sake of this podcast and us talking about it, they're worthwhile to be addressed because the episode started with Bran tripping out, seeing all of this stuff. We actually saw, we thought it was a joke in the off season that the Mad King would get a shot saying burn them all. And we got that multiple times in this episode. So I feel like all bets are off and we have to just kind of, I don't know. I'm rethinking things. 
And um, I want to stand by what I said in the last episode. I, that's what I, you know, I had a few days to think about this. And every time I watch the cold hand scene and every time I watch the, the end of, of episode five, I'm like, this just feels like is what is happening. But at the same time, it, it could be a very large pile of misdirection. But if it isn't, it's going to be so interesting to see how he grows into whatever his future is and how it affects what's happening with all of our characters. It's Brandon's Brandon's he's got things to do. Brandon has things to do. There's two, which I don't know which one I want to talk about first. I have two different thoughts about what Brandon is seeing in this. And the first thing is that I absolutely think that because there's such an emphasis on wildfire that that's going to play into how this season ends. That would be cool. I've been thinking a lot and and I've seen a lot in comments on watchers where I like to hang out all day long um, (laughs) about just with the things that are happening in King's landing. And we will probably talk about this later because this is part of one of the other questions that we asked, but just the way that things are kind of going down in King's landing, I can definitely see that situation escalating to the point where, the wildfire is used and so i really do think that bran was seeing glimpses into what could be the future cersei's gonna destroy everything while jamie's away yeah i absolutely think <laughs> and it's that. gonna be awesome it's gonna be make or hold fast but bigger <laughs> let's take it up another level yeah I oh absolutely man think that. yeah well there was all that wildfire in this vision for god's sakes it was everywhere just they burn just- them all over yeah, and over again they're pouring um, it out gingerly i mean i have a feeling i have a feeling that i don't know if we'll have to wait till the end of the season um but yeah that's gonna be awesome yes i just want to know if we can use it against the white walkers right yeah. i mean that just seems like okay obsidian sure that's a thing but uh how about this and Tyrion's gonna be coming over with danny and he's like i'm great at wildfire <laughs> <laughs> i've done this before <laughs> when it, i mean anything that cersei might do to destroy King's Landing would only help anyone who's looking to seize it. There won't be anything to take. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite theories about how the series is going to end, but that Danny's going to show up finally in King's Landing and there's going to be nothing there. It's going to be like this <laughs> this bittersweet. That's amazing. Because George R. R. Martin has said before that the way the series is going to end, and whether it ends this way on the show or this and the ends this way on the books i think a little different we have to treat them differently but that there's going to be a bittersweet ending and can you imagine king's landing burned down by wildfire and danny finally shows up with her dragons and the dothraki and everybody who's following her and there's nothing to conquer because it's gone then you go right to dragonstone the true capital right (laughs) we don't need king's landing anymore (laughs) i know with its towering spires and caches of obsidian Um, but i did also want to want to mention that i thought it was interesting that it seems to be cutting back and forth between wildfire and and burn them all and then the white walkers like back and forth back and forth back and forth right fire and ice yeah so is this gonna is this gonna maybe inspire bran to try to use this against the white walkers can it can it actually kill the White Walkers or the Night's King? I don't know. Um, but could this be an idea for them to use in this battle of ice and fire? Get it? I, I, can you just imagine like the caravan of people who like have to transport uh, all of that? Good God. <laughs> all of that stuff to to the wall and for, for use beyond the wall. Like it, it is notoriously wildfire is difficult to handle. And it is a, a nothing short of a damn miracle that the entire capital is still there today because of all the wildfire that is stored, from my understanding, still stored beneath its uh, 
in its caverns. But why did Bran see Eris? And why did he see Jamie killing Eris? And why does it matter? Unless th- to be yeah. cool for us. You know, I wonder if it's not... Well, to be cool for us, I wonder if it's not that... Because um, depending on how you look at it, the scene uh, and, and throughout this episode, his visions, uh, we were shown things that we as either book readers or careful watchers of the show could could recognize uh and so i'm wondering if that wasn't the point whereas these uh scenes are are fairly important we can intuit that they're they're decisive moments in in each of these characters lives and povs it also wouldn't have done any good if they had filmed stuff that was like from the past but we couldn't recognize it you know what i'm saying so like it it had to be maybe it's only meant to illustrate that Bran is traveling through time right now, and that's the visions that he's seeing are from all over the place, present, past. They had to show us things that we could sort of figure out, otherwise we would have not understood it. But they're not random. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, okay. they're not random, but I'm saying the only, you know, like they, they couldn't have shown us somebody in Bear Harbor uh, fishing. We would have like figured would, it that, out. That wouldn't have meant anything. <laughs> we so, figured I, it I, out. I, I would have <laughs> believe. I want to believe that these moments are all extremely important, prophetic. I think they are special. I think they are too, actually. Um, but you know, it could go the other way, couldn't it? That the we had to be shown something like that because otherwise it wouldn't have sold in the scene. The other question is, if he's only been being shown things like the Mad King, then who is who is curating? The visions that he's seeing, because the three, the old three-eyed raven's dead. So, what what force of magic has parsed these uh, previous, you know, time travel visions and decided which ones he's going to be able to pick from? Like, what what greater power is behind all of that? I think it's Bran. Yeah, I think about what I saw in the vision, and we saw so much White Walkers, and then we saw Pyromancers. Eris Targaryen, Jamie facing Eris Targaryen. Mm-hmm. The things with Bran when he was falling himself. Maybe Tower of Joy. Maybe Tower of Joy. Guys, I think this vision was Bran seeing the verses so far and maybe some verses in the future of the Song of Ice and Fire. Because this is the same episode where Danny flew around canyons and landed roaring, <laughs> roaring as the conqueror that she is, while Bran saw part of her family at a, at a time before when the song of fire let's say in their case was sowing into the direction that it is now and we saw also in that same vision that bran was going step by step by step through what the white walkers have been up to in game of thrones we saw that vista of winter rolling into the north a little bit stronger mm-hmm. which is a very old shot i believe it's from season two we saw the horde at the end of season we saw everything up to this point we saw things from hard home and that's bran feeling where they are that's the ice and then bran felt where the targaryens were and those involved with their story that's the fire now, the only thing that didn't seal, seal, seal the deal that we know of was maybe seeing Daenerys and outside of Yunkai or something like that. But maybe it would have right. been more difficult because of uh, the technology that you're speaking of, Eric, that would have allowed Bran to have that connection to, to even have the uh, ability to see Eris in his throne room 
at that time again. Yeah. Uh, which may be uh, explained, may not be explained, but um, th- that that's how I see it. I see that as this this framework, and um, I don't think that we need Daenerys for that because Eris is her family, and these these White Walkers have been sleeping for so long. This is what they've been up to recently, you know. So it's all just uh, educational for him, but I, I don't think it's like you need to learn mm-hmm. this right now just so you can learn this. It's like this is everything. Here it is. And uh, no one's going to have more information than him. No one. No one is going to be more valuable in this fight for everyone. And I think that he may have like a truly neutral position or what should be a truly neutral position because we're possibly facing if the Song of Fire is as dangerous as the Song of Ice, even if it's not on purpose, we're possibly facing two really shitty situations. I have not thought about what if Bran is, is neutral. Uh, that's very interesting to well, me. Well, if he is neutral or whatever he is, now that he has this information, I'm just sitting here wondering what's he going to do with it? Like what he needs to be in a position where he's useful or helpful instead of just wandering north of the wall alone. He, I, right? Cause yeah. he needs to be able to be in a position where he can dump this knowledge onto somebody who can use it. And so, do you guys have any theories? Because I have no idea what he needs to do. I have no idea. That's my, this is my big question as we're just having this conversation right now, which is now what does Bran do? So it's cool that we're seeing this stuff and Bran, we're going to get more flashbacks. Um, we're going to get more of Tower of Joy. But then what? Like, we're going to, what? What does Bran yeah. do with that? Where does he go? Who does he tell? Who believes him? Who understands what he's doing? How does he get back to anywhere in time? John's not even at the wall. He can. He should be able to value to assess who will benefit the most from his being being with. Uh, you know, as like a as like a, a buddy. I don't want to say wingman, but like who does he even know in the world? He knows himself. He will know. He will know everyone in the world. Anyone he want, like he will be able to pick out who the major, who the new major players are. That's not even something that we can do, knowing all the characters we do watching the show. We don't know when the next big battle comes. Who will be the the biggest players? Because frankly, the Starks have been in hiding for so long, and you know we can assume they'll be a part of it. But who will be the most major players? So who will benefit the most from Bran? Going and visiting them, advising them, letting them know, informing them what he knows about the past. He has so much information right now and all he can do right now is mess it up because he has nobody to be helpful to. So what you, I, I want to know what you guys think. I want to know what you actually think. As far what as do you mean? about this theory, what is he going to do? Like if you just guess, like what is, what do you believe he's going to do? I'm worried that Bran's going to mess up more. Like I'm worried that Bran's going to... majorly adjust the outcome. I think that we saw that he could do it with Hodor. I don't think it's going to be this Mad King theory, but I I think that he's going to play a super integral role in the White Walkers coming back to Beyond the Wall. Like, I I think he's just going to mess that, screw that up for everybody. Ouch. That's what I really think. I don't know. He's the guy that gets Euron his full suit of Valyrian armor. Oh my, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's I just, just not fair. I don't know how true that is going to be, but I I still feel uneasy. Okay. Gosh, I feel like he won't screw up that badly. Um, he may look an understanding that the the first White Walkers, or perhaps it was the Night's King, who was at one point just a man who was corrupted by this magic that the children 
used on him. Look, there's there's some sympathy to be had there, but at some point you got to draw a line and say, you are going to destroy everyone and everything I've ever known. If I let you pass the wall, that will never happen. And, and Bran needs to draw a line in the snow, uh, and essentially ally himself with the people who are in the, who have the capabilities of stopping this army. He needs to find a way to travel to whoever that person may be, whether it's John or, uh, Dolores Ed or, Anyone else, the Mormons, anybody, he needs to figure out who and, and use his powers for for good to essentially be the the catalyst to who, who mobilizes the army that is going to fight and succeed against the White Walkers. And, and frankly, being able to see a little bit into the future might be a damn good advantage for him, um, especially if the future is ever changing. Uh, although even if it's fixed, I think there's some unique insight he'll be able to gain which will uh, help him to essentially prepare for the future, the war. Can Bran travel anywhere without the Night's King following him? Uh, depends on if that uh, mark on his arm is water-soluble. <laughs> you know, there it is. <laughs> is it is it permanent marker? Is it is it machine washable? Is it is know, like glow-in-the-dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glow in the, well, I want to know if it's glow-in-the-dark, but not for plot reasons. Feeling out where Brandon is now and giving respect to the East as we should. And I'm not only thinking of Daenerys, I'm thinking about <laughs> the entire religion of Rolower and how it clearly uh, has a role in this story. And I think about what Benjen said. I think about what Coldhand said in this episode when he was speaking about the Obsidian and how when he was stabbed by a White Walker with his sword and he was laying there to die and one of the children rescued him and used the same process that they took to create the White Walkers. He used the, they used the Obsidian and sort of halted him changing into a white completely, stopped the process. And uh, he made a point to say it's the same thing. Uh, you, you've already seen it. It's how they were created. And we know that White Walkers are also murdered almost immediately when the Obsidian enters their body. Mm -hmm. And I think about what that is for a second. I think that I think about Obsidian being Dragonfire basically captured in the form of glass. And I think of the properties that that contains, if it contains air quotes, actual fire or the, the magic that is that actual fire. I'm not exactly sure how to describe it right now off the top of my head, but if it, mm. if it encapsulates that, and if that elemental basic is what it took to create the white walkers, maybe not necessarily the only way, but just what it took to create the white walkers. Um, I think that, we have to think about R'hllor. We have to think about what that represents. And they're a huge religion. There's a huge part of the world that is just yeah. like, this mm -hmm. is what I'm all about. When you think about the the teachings of Melisandre, when she speaks about fire, and I, I think about how fire is always, always accompanied by a shadow. And I, and I think about the White Walkers were made from fire, basically. They were made from obsidian. They're like the shadow, they're the shade from that itself that was planted inside of this person. And he was born from that same magic that they talk about in the East. And we've been thinking about it as the weapon against the ice, but we didn't know previously where the ice even originated. But it turns out, figuratively, that ice is a shadow of that fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Can we take like an hour break? Where I can <laughs> reshuffle for reshuffle our King's Landing discussion. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's so a, much happening right so now. Bran is there, and what role does he play? Is he, you know, like are Valor and the White Walkers, you know, smaller branches of a bigger thing? That's what it feels like to me. Right, and is that bigger thing is what's feeling all of it, and and what it looks like if if that's what's happening, which it probably isn't. But if that's if that's the backbone of the story, it seems like Brandon is the one that is the most tapped in, and that he's got a pretty big uh, big role in that tapping into as yeah. things are coming to a zenith. Yeah, I think there's no question in my mind that he's the the key, whether whatever the key is. So somewhere in there, and what I was talking about—that—that's my opinion on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? It's uh, this. This is a really fun time to speculate because mm-hmm. most of us have no idea. All of us have no idea. Let's get real. It's true. It's enough, so which freeing. Is, which is great. Yeah, that's great. Feels good. And then there's Daenerys, and that was one of our questions, and she factors in directly with this uh that question being there is much talk and speculation for this on both sides will daenerys be the mad queen i hate this question do we think you hate this i do because of like i hate this question because of my opinion on the matter and your opinion is she's so perfect and pure and she'll never fall and no she's not sansa but i i feel like she is finally blossoming in her into her true Targaryen self. And I, I think that that doesn't have to make her mad. Like, I, I think that she's going to continue to walk this fine line. And I think she's super passionate. Um, but I, I think that I think that it's good that she's got this Targaryen side of her that's coming out. You know, that she, now that she's harnessing her dragons. And I don't see anything that I think that some people have looked at her speech that she gave at the end of the episode as being a glimpse of, you know, uh-oh, is is Danny going to behave the way that she's been preaching that she's going to behave um, throughout the whole series? And I, I just think that um, I think this is just her finally being able to assert her real power for the first, one of the first times. Um, <laughs> and I like that. Just because she's embracing who she is doesn't mean that she's going to be a bad ruler or she's going I, to I think I think that's true I mean because my my feelings on I, I mean, we touched on this a little bit earlier on on Monday but um on the on the dragon sequence like it was really badass it was one of the best speeches it was a little showy uh because on because she's on, riding a full-grown she's, dragon she's riding a dra- <laughs> she has everybody wait like the then there's no way all 10,000 of her men heard her right it's a narrow canyon there's probably 50 dudes to 200 uh who can possibly even see her let alone hear what she's saying uh so that's a lot of whisper down the alley to be doing essentially like dude did you see this uh no 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 what what happened oh she gave the best most rousing speech ever which should have been essentially like to all of us when she like burned down the, all the calls and we were all like had our eyes and ears trained on her no she led us into this narrow cavern and gave the best speech you missed it you missed it dude <laughs> Uh, so like, okay. On one hand there, there's still like this logistics, like logistics nightmare of with Danny where she should really like, I don't know. I feel like do, Eric do, wasn't there. And so that's why say, he's getting so bitter about say it. that stuff when it's going to be the most effective. There's that aspect. But how I feel about the content of her speech 
was <laughs> it was ultimately everything that it needs to be if she's going to lead this culture to to the west she really it hit home she grounded it in caldrogo in their mythology and their beliefs in what caldrogo said about the west and she said you know will you ride these wooden horses across the sea like you know i will make calls of you all she really touched them uh in in their hearts and, and she's that, reestablishing and is, respect that is what she needed to do she needs to respect each and every one of the individual cultures and individual peoples that she is leading into war not just because many of them won't make it out uh alive but because they're not going to follow her into the great unknown uh for anything less i mean she learned that marine after all exactly Therein lies the question, though. How does she honor Dothraki customs in Westeros without becoming a tyrant? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are really like the raping and pillaging uh, culture, aren't they? Yeah, but the Dothraki falling her across the sea is not a Dothraki thing to do. Like, I think that they're creating this new idea for behind of what it means to be a Dothraki, right? I'd like to think so. Like, yeah, I would so think she'll that... she'll weed out. Oh, go on. Well, I would think that part of this speech and part of what, everything she's done in this season is to get them to follow her and to respect her unconditionally. And she's had to do some maybe things that people would question, but I think that she's leading them across the ocean. That's something that they never have even ever fathomed doing. And so I think that... There's opportunity to... So, she's telling them what she needs, what they need to hear? She's not telling them what they need to hear, but I think that them, by making the choice to follow her, are going to be creating a new custom for themselves. It's a lot easier to move away, considering, like, so... Yeah, so she's essentially, like, creating new, new identities for all of the I, people who are I don't know. I really don't know how to talk about this without, like... Maybe pissing some people off. She's made it clear that slavery is not, not allowed. Uh, she's made a point to outlaw it in uh, all of the places where she still rules. Right, but slavery is already against the law in Westeros. Right, but it's not to the people who are fighting for her. So her soldiers are the ones she has to keep in check. Yeah, her soldiers are the ones that she is going to. And, and I think in, in, in joining her on this journey, they may be more willing and malleable to, to change that part of themselves. I mean... I don't know if using them for infantry, if that's the best time to start telling them how to change, when to change, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there won't be any time for... Hopefully well, all 40,000 of them decide at the same time that maybe they should be better people to maybe other people. Maybe because she has a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because she has a dragon, but you get the people who are in charge. I mean, Eric, you're talking about there's not that many people that are listening to her speech, but you get the people who matter in the community... Or some of the bigger players in the community. I don't know. We don't know specifically who was there. I mean, I, right? guess, I think that was just the front of the line. So maybe that means that they're the most important. You so know? you get like, those guys so. to pay attention and to be converted. And then they convert the rest of the people. So I think that by Danny inspiring them to follow her, then they're going to, my hope, pledge the rest of their lives to her. I feel that this is worth discussion, though, because... It seems like the community, listeners, everyone are pretty split down the middle on this. We have a huge Danny loyalist camp that are very passionate that she will uh, 
protect you know the, those honorable things inside of her and allow that to guide her conquering side versus her conquering side um, as she gains momentum um, becoming the side that is more dominant um, versus the more humanitarian aspects that she's pushed forward for six seasons. We've seen Danny push those efforts forward and in a lot of cases um, have bad or worse progress because of it. Now, that's not to be said that she hasn't tried, but this is a new territory and she's made some promises. And like I said, I think a lot of people half are like, well, hold on, what's going on with Danny? And then the same episode that Burn the Mall, Burn the Mall was teased at the beginning. Are we, are we getting a foreshadowing to the, the twist on our, you know, audience favorite character later on in the series? Is that going to be part <laughs> of our drama? Is, it, is this what George is building up to? Like, are we feeling her from a child ra- rise into this person that um, is honorable and that would be a benevolent dictator, dictator if that's what the world calls for? Are we seeing that, like, before our eyes, the opposite of what happened to us and Jamie Lannister happened with Daenerys Targaryen? Right. I look at the people that are behind her and that are supporting her and that she that she installed, you know. Yeah, and I was thinking about this today and I don't know I was thinking, you know, I think that the Mad King had smart people behind him as well. But I, I we, Tyrion's behind Barristan Danny. Was there too. Exactly. So this doesn't maybe mean anything. This again leads to something I say all the time, which is I'm so biased towards Tyrion 24 seven that I assume <laughs> that if Tyrion is against, if Tyrion's yeah. behind Danny and if Tyrion is advising Danny, then he's going to make the right choice. Um, and he's going to be able to balance out whatever her passion is. I think that we're seeing him do that in Marine a little bit. Um, but I think, I think that the idea that you brought up about, Danny having this moment in the same episode that we get the Mad King yelling, burn them all. I don't, I think that that's a fair observation. And I think people have also called out, you look at Dario's face during Danny's speech and he kind of has this look that's difficult to discern. And some people think that it's concern. And he says earlier, she's a conqueror. Um, So what does all that mean? I don't, I don't really know. There's also been debate about whether or not, she's going to turn mad. But I think there's also the debate of, did this scene fit at the end of the episode? I think there's a lot of excitement in seeing Danny finally riding a dragon and this incredible rallying speech that she gives, but it felt like it was almost kind of just thrown in there at the end of this episode. So I don't know how you guys, if you guys felt the same way, like it was just kind of tacked on um, and we could have ended elsewhere after not seeing Danny the whole episode. And then we get this massive speech. Could it have had a bigger impact um, if it had been in a different episode. Well, if her foreshadowing her future in this moment was what was happening, then no, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was tacked on at all because she looked right at Dario in the same episode that her father was shown, her dead father, <laughs> by the way, this late into the series and said, I will take what is mine. Mm-hmm. It's that time again, guys, we're being seized Laid siege to or upon by 20,000 roaring orcs. It's our favorite. We'd like to thank Total War Warhammer for yet again sponsoring an episode of our podcast. Thank you. No fantasy strategy game is as big or as detailed as Total War Warhammer. With deep but simplified gameplay, more emphasis on accessibility than in previous versions, and a clear, intuitive UI. You and your armies of 20,000 roaring orcs 
uh, and or vampire counts and magic and flying creatures. Total War is one of the most critically acclaimed strategy series in gaming now in its 15th year. Um, a drive for historical authenticity and superb gaming quality has helped establish the franchise as one of the most successful PC games of all time. Alongside the core historical based games, a dedicated development team, many of who are active tabletop players, will take the series to a realm of high fantasy for the very first time in its history, which we like, with Total War Warhammer. I reside in the forsaken lands of Sylvania, where an unliving host advances. A tide of resurrected corpses driven on by necromantic magic and the immortal will of the vampire counts. I am a vampire count. Thank you. Total War Warhammer was just released on May 24th of this year and is currently available for the PC via the Steam Marketplace. We'd like to thank Total War Warhammer for sponsoring another episode of Game of Bones. We want to take a quick break to talk about Casper Mattresses, who's sponsoring this week's episode. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500, but Casper Mattresses cost $500 for a twin-size mattress, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king, well under $1,500. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress, sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven, inflated prices. Its award-winning deep sleep surface was developed in-house as a sleek design and is delivered in a small, how-did-they-do-that, sized box. That is completely accurate. A mattress arrived at my house. I took that mattress in a box into my bedroom. I opened the box. And then my mattress... Was it a how-did-they-do-that sized box? Was Could you com- carry it? I carried it to my bedroom. And now I sleep on it. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Casper offers free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. You can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. To get $50 towards any mattress purchase, you can visit casper.com slash owns and use the promo code owns at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I, I, I think we're certainly meant to be asking these questions. That is exactly what David and Dan would want uh, out of out of any kind of, you know, water. What's your answer here? You're stalling. <laughs> Oh no, that was that was just my that's my answer is I think it's awesome we're talking about. This. Yeah, I, but I what think, is what do you think, think about Danny? Okay, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I think I think she'll stay who she is. I mean, the Mad King lost he had smart people behind him, but he lost all of them. You know, it it took a lot for Kingsguard to, you know, in Jamie to to do what he did. Uh but it was it was because the Mad King just fucking lost it. And Danny is ha- has to this point always maintained her cool, right? I mean, even when she was burning Krasny's, uh, you know, absolutely was as calm and collected as can be, knew exactly what she needed to do. And that's Danny under pressure. Uh, so until, yeah. Yeah. until she's lost some battles, uh, which, which I think is quite a ways away from happening. Um, you know, until she loses some battles, loses more people that are close to her. I don't, I, I can't see her becoming the type of dangerous, the type of, you know, nothing to lose. I'm taking this entire capital city down with me when I go type character. 
because she she just is too infinitely uh collected at this point she has known who she is or she's been making it up as she goes along but she's been doing it for long enough at this point i think somebody uh in our discussion mentioned karth you did zach last week uh, or on monday uh you know way back then she was developing what she felt to be and even before then when she was leading the dothraki remains to the red west desert yeah yeah uh you know and and so that's something that I don't see her her quickly abandoning her principles or her beliefs uh, until until she's lost nearly all of it. Um, you know, so I I feel I have good confidence that she is not in danger at all of becoming her father. Although I love that it is you know sort of something that is is out there in the ether to to be plucked and and discussed. No, I agree. It's a neat possibility. And um, I'd just like to remind all the people on the other side of the camp that everything that Eric said is true. You know, Daenerys uh, grew up way different than Aerys Targaryen did. Or, and I would also argue, way different than a lot of conquerors that end up sacrificing their people for their own personal gain. So far, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person that will do that. She She's is seen cool. so much. She is collected. She is she is pretty strong under pressure. And it's it's like why was she on the run to begin with for the first 16 years of her life? It's because people it's because her father screwed up and and people killed him. And they would have killed her too if she hadn't gotten out of there. If she hasn't, you know, I think that that leaves a mark. I I think honestly even before she had the confidence to become a ruler or had any inkling that she herself would one day rule your identity, despite what Viserys, you know, chooses to say to aggrandize it. Uh, ultimately, you know, he was he was thrown out, and and she had that. She could have grown up a princess, frankly. She could have grown up uh, knowing knowing no care, uh, but she didn't. And I think that's bound to to leave a, a, a deep personal mark as well. Preach but also, it, Eric. no one is immune to the effects of circumstance and time and i yeah. also wonder if this will be part of the dramatic that makes us at the story some more so <laughs> i don't know i just yeah danny's uh she's cool under pressure and her flexing her targaryen muscles doesn't mean that she's gonna go psycho but it means that she could not unless not unless bran intervenes Freaking i mean i think she's gonna walk a, she's gonna walk a fine line but i don't know i kind of want to see her just take shit down yeah i mean she's burned people to death <laughs> just like the mad king she's watched as they melted uh, as the flesh evaporated off of their bones she just did that to the cows like two episodes ago uh the difference is we get behind it yeah um yeah <laughs> True. there's a lot of great points here <laughs> all right next if question anyone's gonna, well if anyone's gonna burn anyone to death it's gonna be cersei so look at that look Beautiful. at that position I, I like that idea but i i'm not sure i believe it but yeah here we are the first question King's landing the first mm. question that we asked on watchers but the last question that we're getting to um in this episode is tommen has been converted what is left in the high sparrow slash marjorie playbook how will cersei play slash be played once Jamie has left the city. Lancel. <laughs> Lancel's face in this episode. Only ho- I'm sorry. Right. They showed him. That wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Keep bad, that right? I, I had you to don't, c- no, don't cut it. Please Keep don't cut it. Maybe, maybe. We were doing such maybe, a good job. Maybe. I'm sorry. You know, I, I tend to think that pretty much everybody is, is lost to Cersei. Cersei is 
sending away Jamie. And I, I, I like the implication here in the question too, that because he has left, because she has sent him away that she's, well, she free. hasn't sent him away. The crown has sent him away. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, but she's, but she's been encouraged. She's encouraged him. Well, she's all for it. Yeah. But she has no friends. Her uncle Kevin doesn't give two shits. Her son is well, lost. Her uncle Kevin's her. the hand of the king though. You know what I mean? He can't exactly go against the, the king's actually ruling for the first time right now. Yeah. In a sense. I mean, he stood up on that, that staircase and looked down at all those people and made them just and they yeah, loved it they loved yeah. it there wasn't a, 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 a single sling of shit to be found and if it was it would be in celebration <laughs> it's interesting because i think if i was a person in king's landing right i would totally be into it i think that in reality you think how much stuff the lannisters and the tyrells etc have done to basically screw over the people of king's landing and even marjorie says it in this episode when she's talking to Tommen about how she would help the poor just for show. I'd probably, I'd totally follow the High Sparrow in this whole faith. What is the... Faith is going to guide you. It's, you know, the, the, this higher union. Yeah. What do they call this new reign of faith or whatever? The Holy I mean, Union. The Holy right? Union. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think I would totally be into this Holy Union because it's a radical change from the disaster that King's Landing has been. I mean, everyone... Everyone's been dying and killing each other, and and now we get the High Sparrow who's promising peace and prosperity, and he's a fanatic, but he's smart. And I think that Marjorie, if she's not fully converted, which I don't think that she fully is, I'll be surprised if she's actually been converted. I think she's really smart for giving the people what they want or or for using this situation to her advantage because who would ever back the crown if the crown wasn't backing the high sparrow if that makes sense yeah it'd, it'd definitely be harder it'd be a lot tougher i just think what she's doing it's so risky but at the same time it's like what other move did she have more discourse or to maybe even implicate the high sparrow by you know he the further he goes down this rabbit hole the, the more episodes we get in season seven or season six the more like brave stares he like smug looks he gives to people yeah, in pub, like in greater varying <laughs> yeah, levels of confident. public <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like come on man next episode he's gonna be wearing shoes for god's sakes <laughs> <laughs> that'll go against his look i know i, I know uh, yeah he won't look as good of his shoes on even if they're like air jordans um you know with marjorie uh Some you know in the her whole and I think it's quite flawless, actually. She seems to have convinced him or he's using her or they're both using each other, meaning the High Sparrow and Marjorie, to, to get what they what what he wants. But I just can't see Tommen surviving this sort of... Because nope. Tommen is, is genuinely converted here. And, and so if Marjorie is not, then that's also something where she is on a, a catastrophic, on this meteoric rise out of... Uh, the dungeons and she's simply not going to take him with her at, at this point she's done the deed she's she's done the work to convert him because he cares about her so much to believing in in the high sparrow 100 percent. there's simply not enough time or energy that could be put into convincing him otherwise now at this point and i, I think feel that she like could though man he really she, really loves her Tommen. she has to leave him behind she's going to well, let's just put it that way and we she's think going about to. i i agree with you eric and i think we look at marjorie's track record and i know that 
she just sounds like she's wanted to murder all of her husbands. Um, she hasn't, but I think that she is definitely in it. She always has been, and she's said this in the past. She wants to be queen. That's that's her ultimate the goal. Queen. And whoever is beside her, it doesn't matter. And I think that in this situation, she's in it for herself. She's in it for Loris. I think that she's going to want to play up her conversion until at least until Loris is safe. And I I think unfortunately for Tommen, he's collateral in this in this move in in her playbook as we called it i i don't see i don't see tom surviving through this season i don't know what that looks like um but i i definitely think that i don't think marjorie cares one way or another if if tom gets out of this situation she just wants to be the queen what do they do after this and let's assume that the High Sparrow and Marjorie aren't working together. Let's assume that they're working independently. What what do they do anyway? After this scene in front of the entire city, the rumors are making their way to the wall already. The rumors are making their way through Essos already. What's, what's, what do we do next? Jamie has already been disbarred from being the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. He'll be on his way soon with Bronn and the largest sack of gold anyone in the Riverlands have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what's next? I just don't know what else they plan to do to Cersei. So I think that I think that she's been so confident in the fact that she is going to have this trial by combat. And she's mentioned it multiple times. You know, she has she said in this episode, it will be a trial by combat. I have the mountain. I think that I don't think she's going to get that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because she believes so strongly that that's her play here and that that's her trump card. I think that that means that she's gonna, not going to get that. And so... Ouch. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Clegane will get hyped. That's, that's a holy right, right? The trial book. It's like, essentially, the gods determine by affecting fate. But he's the high septon, you know? He can just right, go... Right, so he can mm. say, oh, you know you know what? It's It doesn't actually apply. Not for this. Because this is a special tribunal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that Cersei is the high sparrow's biggest opposition and i think that they're gonna they're not gonna treat her quote-unquote fairly no and she's gonna just be like i don't give a shit she's gonna choose violence i'm sorry but i can't wait can't wait to see gregor clegane yeah fuck some shit up lay waste to the entire faith militant that must have been so fun to shoot you know that it's in there you know that it's in there it's gonna be awesome they got half Thor to come back and he's wearing armor he's wearing a mask for god's sakes he didn't have to right you know what i mean he lifts (laughs) weights every day (laughs) but they got him and he's gonna be swinging blades around just mowing people it's gonna be awesome and if there's wildfire i don't know all of it's gonna be cool and are we really mad about it obviously this is a little hypocritical because we're like well daenerys will do bad things to the seven kingdoms with her (laughs) tribal army and at the same time we're like well the whole of king's landing has collateral damage for this excellent movie we'd like to see sure (laughs) let's do it up the fake militant and the great unwashed who support them yeah (laughs) at least it's not old town right then we'd be all right this is no, you can't. It's going to be chaos can't. in King's Landing, though. I mean, I still believe, I'm still believing this wild wildfire theory. I've um, been thinking it for months, man. Yeah, and I think that, I think that Cersei's going to release the wildfire the on the on the city, and I, not the Kraken, <laughs> um, but maybe that, who knows? And I think, <laughs> release the Kraken. <laughs> I think that that's, that's what Yara's going to say. The Greyjoys, yeah. I think that that's why she wants Jamie to get out of there. Because A, Jamie's not going to be able to talk some sense into her. And B, then he won't be killed. She doesn't give a shit if she dies in it either. 
No, she and especially care. especially if Tommen ends up dying, which I th- yeah. Oh I god! Think, did I put Tommen on my list for people dying this season? I'm pretty sure. I, I think you did. He, he I'm pretty would, sure he, he was number to, one. Yeah, I, I I feel like we think that she that he would have to before she does, so that she can see it in the prophecy. Exactly, poster. exactly. So I I I have this idea, and I don't know how we're going to get there with Tommen, um, which we've are basically alluding to this whole conversation is how do we get from A to B? But yeah. I think that Tommen's going to end up dying. Probably at the hands of the the faith. I don't know. We don't know. Or Marjorie. Or Marjorie. And then Cersei's going to release the flames on the city and she's going to... I mean, we've heard her say before that she's going to burn the city. She would burn the city down for her children. Um, (laughs) And then she won't most likely die. So at that point, it's okay because her kids are gone and Jamie's safe and he's free now, clear to marry Brienne. Okay. If he (laughs) fights Tormund for it, that's going to be rough. Oh, man. That's going to be rough. (sighs) We still have so much just sadness to look forward to. (laughs) Okay. Let's reverse course from sadness and get into the amazing and ever creative and exciting and, and, and you know what? Totally just distinct every single one of their distinguished owns from the listeners micah uh, is still playing professional basketball as we speak it's a long game he's so good no eric there are seven new games god really go warriors so out of respect we will not go camping Our first own comes on Twitter from at seven years sleep who said, own to the high sparrow for getting Marge and Tommen to drink the Kool-Aid. Hashtag Jonestown remix. Hashtag follow Friday. <laughs> um, okay. Tom Bauer own goes to Sam's sister for her styling skills. Hashtag extreme makeover Gilly edition. Hashtag yes. my color is grayish brown. And then Madison Kelly over on Facebook own to Marjorie's sleeves. I don't know what she's got up them, but I bet it's going to be good. Side <laughs> own to Aria for finding her, her hashtag long lost Stark. Just hope she remembers to stick her with the pointing end. Whoa. Okay, Lauren Elizabeth, your first ever own goes to the Brotherhood Without Banners name drop, which gave me hope for a long-awaited LSH appearance. I don't think you were alone, Lauren. Patrick Sullivan, owned to Walter Frey for saying what we are all thinking. I'm not dead yet, unfortunately. Hashtag <laughs> ghost kills Walter 2K16. <laughs> heathen King, the king of all heathens. Owned a goddamn Jamie, Jamie Lannister, riding a goddamn white horse up a goddamn staircase. Hashtag poise counts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Jeff Tuttle that. on Facebook. Oh, goes to the Raven for giving specific flashbacks of wildfire and whites to Bran. The Mad King's yelling of burn them all was not only one of the best moments of the series, but a possible way to destroy the dead army. Tips. Uh, Jennifer Grasso, uh, owned to the actor portraying Randall Tarley, he puts the fear of God in me, just like he did Sam. But side own to Sam for stealing Heartsbane. Agreed. Uh, Aaron Conroy on Twitter. Danny for being like, quote, I don't need blood riders because I have three dragons and I can fly to Westeros and avoid all that seasickness. Mm-hmm. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Wendell the White Fawn. This ep owned my book reader heart. Hashtag mercy. Hashtag cold hands. Hashtag heartsbane. Hashtag squee. That was beautiful. Um, Thank you. Brand of Tarth on Twitter 
own to Gilly for trying to knock Randall down a peg or six when everyone else just left the room or cried or was dicking. <laughs> or was dicking. <laughs> um, K Moon on Facebook. My owns go to the women of this episode. From Arya prepping for some waif killing with needle, Gilly taking back Gilly talking back smack to Randall Tarley, Marjorie outmaneuvering everyone in the game, Daenerys doing her Drogon thing, and even Lady Olena secretly commanding the troops with a wave of her fan. This episode was all about sisters doing it for themselves. Hashtag who run the world. Hashtag Gosh. feminism kills Ramsey 2K16. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Dean owned George R. R. Martin for being tricky with his wording in Benjamin is dead. Hashtag his hands look pretty cold to me. Um... <laughs> And Sasha Nazar on Facebook owned to Arya's eyebrows a fleekitude, almost landing her <laughs> a place in the acting troupe. True that. Um, Lady Crane knows talent when she sees it. Hashtag brows on fleet. Brows on fleet. <laughs> Hashtag bravos got talent. The word oh is fleek, Hannah. Tra- Travis Bra- Lyle check, right? <laughs> brows on fleek. Own the cold gen. Oh, forgetting every last drip of that rabbit blood. Mm. Uh, Don't touch the fro rights. Owns to Maria Mira Reed for being a ride or die. Owns to Mira Reed for being a ride or die till the end. Before Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> Alan McFarlane. My own goes to Randall Tarley. He had a late but extremely effective entry into the contest for worst father in Westeros. <laughs> and one fell swoop he surpassed Tywin, Roos, Jamie, and is running neck and neck with Craster. Hashtag my father could learn something from your father. <laughs> XRB. Owned the High Sparrow. He really is the A player in the great game right now. Hashtag fear the Kool-Aid. Dang. Damn. Uh, at Horizons1983 on Twitter, owned to Arya for realizing she's still Stark by identifying with Cersei. Hashtag got needle. Hashtag waif is coming. Hashtag you in danger, girl. Brian Sanford at seven years sleep. Owned Sam for stealing Heartsbane from his prick of a father. Hashtag sticky fingers. Hashtag five finger discount. Hashtag, what? Hashtag ice is bigger. Yes, it is. Five finger discount. That's it the funniest thing bit, I've ever heard. Way bigger. A little bit bigger. Joshua Sosa owns to the Targaryens, Eris, Danny, and the Winged Shadow for screaming their ways into stealing the show. Hashtag fire and blood. And Leo Enrique. Owned Arya for knowing she isn't no one. Just Arya fucking Stark. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's Arya fucking Stark. There you go. Uh, Arya kills. Uh, Hashtag Arya kills other chick. Two K sixteen. Hashtag fake religion. Hashtag. They're mercenaries. Joe Nieto on Facebook own goes to Arya. She owns the dark after being blind for so long. She retrieves her sword, blows out the candle, and waits for the wave in the dark. The many-faced god will be receiving one more before the night is over. Josh Rotter on Twitter own to the south for being blissfully unaware of the war to come as they fight over thrones and castles. Hashtag winter is coming. Yeah, baby. Josh Williams on Facebook own to Sam. So many owns to Sam. All of the owns and swords go to Sam. Five finger. Shella Rittenberry on Facebook. My own goes to the High Sparrow for beating both the Lannisters and the Tyrells at the Game of Thrones without even playing it himself. Hashtag you win or you die. Hashtag when in doubt change the rules. Hashtag is that Tom in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) (laughs) Jen Calhoun. Owned to Jamie. Now being able to marry Brienne. Now for Cersei to hashtag move bitch. Get out the way. Hashtag hide your kids. (laughs) Hashtag hide your wildlings. Hashtag Brienne Ball. We need that. Uh, Scoop Emily. Own goes to Needle for being hashtag ride or die while patiently waiting for Arya of House Stark to rise again. 
<laughs> and Louis Philippe Pion. Louis Philippe Pion. Own goes to Braun. Dude will never know it, but he missed out on owning a big ass bag of gold. <laughs> Cersei True. needs to send him a nice edible arrangement or something. Hashtag get that money, Braun Braun. <laughs> Almada owned to Lady Tarly for shutting up her jerk husband. Uh, yep. And Jolie Johnson on Twitter. Own goes to Daenerys for having one of the best pregame speeches of all time. Get hyped. Tis peculiar. My own goes to Benjen, a.k.a. We All Knew It, a.k.a. Cold Hands, <laughs> for looking like he needs some moisturizer. Oh, and for saving Mira and Bran. Important. Mm-hmm. Luzana Costa, own goes to Randall Tarly for making Sam and I feel like a five-year-old after using crayons on the living room wall. <laughs> Man. Hashtag, the fear is real. Also, own to that visual of Daenerys riding a dragon like it's year one AC. I felt like I could see what it was like before the death of the last dragon. Hashtag dragon life. That's a Real. nice, unique own. Yeah. I'm going to start and, using uh, that. And Chris Michelle Howcomb, own to the players of Bravos for letting Arya get to enjoy Joffrey's death a little. Also, I just loved that shot when she had to walk past that severed head of her father. Glad <laughs> she's back to being a Stark. Alex Panic on Twitter. Own goes to Eris. The second Targaryen for gracing our screen and to Bran for possibly being the voice in his head. Hashtag burn them all. Um, and <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> um, Queen Manujuri at Manucular Bomb on Twitter. Own to the Mad King for making his 2016 presidential endorsement. Hashtag burn them all with the B-E-R-N. <laughs> them Everyone all. loves that. <laughs> yeah. the burn. It's pretty funny. Um, John Telto. Own to brand for upgrading to high speed internet. Yeah, it all just comes at once. <laughs> yep. Uh, Francis Lannister on Twitter. I don't like to admit it, but I have to give my own to the High Sparrow for that check and mate move. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed, Francis. Respect. <laughs> Melissa Heckler Wimmer on Facebook. Own to Benjamin Edmure for finally reappearing. <laughs> Hopefully, Game of Great Fr- Game of Thrones will revisit other long lost favorites hashtag not too late in the game hashtag looking for Sirio hashtag Gentry watch 2016 and hashtag give me some hot pie Nicolette Sandoval own to not being able to control my fucking emotions but on the real own to Danny for that pep talk that had to be screaming and that had to be screaming and own to Arya to realizing who she truly is hashtag kill the wave 2k16 and Khaleesi Del Rey my own first own goes to Sam for taking Heart's Bane like a true OG that means original gangster hashtag now what <laughs> daddy Charlie <laughs> hashtag Sam kills Night's King 2k16 Ari Snow own goes to Jamie for being a father once and only not a soldier not a politician but a father who is worried for his son not sweet Aww. Morgan King owned to Sam for putting on his big boy pants and taking the family sword Valerian Steel hashtag when the Night King comes hashtag we'll be ready uh, Jean-Marc Eugenia owned to Jackin who masters the game of a test is best when you do not see it coming and the waif does not see it coming hashtag anger honey trap Hashtag blonde badass does not last. Hashtag and this is a shame. Danielle at Got Nerd Forever owned Edmure Tully for still being alive rocking the long hair from the Frey Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> at Frickin' Rickin on Twitter owned to Benjen for the understated but perfectly timed return. Hashtag hope the hound is next. Hashtag then Lady Stoneheart. John Webster, our small council member, owned to Marjorie for always adapting to her situation. First Renly, then Joffrey. Then Tommen, and now she's seducing the faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping the faith. Do, 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 do. 
And uh, Mikey Mann on Twitter, own goes to Mira for crushing an unreal leg workout, dragging Bran around. Yes. Hashtag feel the burn, mm-hmm. the other kind. Hashtag jacked. Hashtag time for protein shake. Or rabbit blood. Or rabbit blood. Uh, at Petit Panus on Twitter says, owns to Benjamin being cold hands despite George R. R. Martin's pro- protestations. <laughs> Hashtag George doth protest too much. Hashtag Stark reunion 2. Hashtag Brienne kills Frey 2K16. Okay. <laughs> I love Just that for good measure. Uh, thrown in there. Um... Kaylee Durr on Facebook owned to both the High Sparrow and Daenerys for making the crowds act like Oprah had just given them a free car. A bunch of cars. <laughs> Adam Dennison on Twitter owned to Uncle Ben Hands for knowing that rabbit's blood helps with werewood withdrawals. Oh, yeah. And Kathy Theato on Facebook owned to Lady Charlie for being everything Sam said she was. Hashtag good woman. She was a great lady. I love this yeah. family. Brian Williams, owned of the Mad King. I agree with him. Screw those crowded shopping centers centers full of sheep. Hashtag burn them all. <laughs> burn them all. <laughs> burn them all. <laughs> Lindsay Stein, owned goes to Edmund Tully's hair. Hashtag family duty. Hashtag family duty on her hair care. Uh, Merchant of Venus. My own goes to Mira for sticking by Bran 100%. Hashtag Vera. Hashtag Stark plus Reed equals a heart. What is that? Hashtag why isn't anyone shipping this? Hashtag Warglove 2K16. <laughs> I could ship it. Bethany Edwards. Own to Lady Crane. Career counselor. Quote, do you like pretending to be other people? Meredith Lewis. Own goes to Gilly's Princess Diaries makeover. Hashtag Uptown Gill. <laughs> And uh, and Emily owned a Tommen. He must have used his Amazon Prime to get the Kingsguard new armor so fast. <laughs> Good point. Hashtag fastest armor in Kingsland. At Kev's Whatevs on Twitter, owned to the writers for an episode which had zero Sansa, John, or Tyrion, but still was one of the best to date. Hashtag didn't even notice. And owned to Cersei for hinting at Clegane Bowl. Hashtag get hype. Hashtag trial by combat. Hashtag we're gonna need a bigger arena. At Cowgirl Bookworm Haley on Twitter, my own to Mace's Pip Helmet, A for the feathers, and B for muffling his voice so I didn't have to hear his eye-rolling speech. Jared Matthews on Facebook, my own goes to the Queen of Thorns, casually going out for an afternoon slaughter. And then uh, Jason Wolcott on Twitter, my own goes to Horn Hill for being at the illest of Westerosi abodes. Don't cry, the <laughs> owns are almost at an end. Manny Amini sends us a photograph. My owns for season six, episode six, go to the High Sparrow for simultaneously screwing the Tyrells, Lannisters, and all Kings Landing without even lifting a finger. Hashtag Dirtyberg, hashtag holy fuck. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. <laughs> That's a good Why hashtag not? for him. Benjamin Stark for saving. The- <laughs> it is a good hashtag. Holy fuck! Benjamin Stark for saving the realm by rescuing possible power couple Brandon Mira at the last second. Hashtag cold hands, warm heart. Hashtag Benjamin and chill. Benjamin and chill. <laughs> Samuel Tarley for staying true to his vows by stealing Heartsbane in the middle of the night. Hashtag I am the sword in the darkness. Hashtag Valerian steel. S-T-E-A-L. Uh, Second to last own. Kimmy Mo owned a Sam for being the Neville Longbottom of Game of Thrones and stealing the sword of Gryffindor. I mean, Heartsbane. Hashtag. He can bloody well try. <laughs> so and good. finally, Kate Sizemore. The emotions are running high tonight. Our final own is an own to Sam for pulling a Danny and taking what was his. Hashtag he needs it more. Hashtag Sam kills Night's King 2K16. Hashtag who keeps their sword on a shelf.
if I had a Valir and steel sword, I would take it everywhere 24-7. No, I would, I'm pretty sure I would cut my own ass off back. I've thought about <laughs> carrying a sword, and I've looked into it, and I don't think that we can do it, and that's a shame, but it's probably for the best. I don't think that's legal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. So those were your owns. You heard our owns days ago. And now a reminder of how you can send us your owns, such as everyone who just did, uh, the ways that they use. So over on Twitter, twitter.com slash game of owns at reply us at game of owns with your own each week, uh, preferably at or during when the episode airs, because then we can retweet. Um, and everyone can enjoy and love you. Uh, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash game of owns. Scroll upon our Facebook wall with your owns. And also alternatively via email, contact at game of owns.com. You can email us your owns in a longer format. We read these over coffee. Very exciting. We do. It's great fun. We recorded two squad of ice and fires today. But I think they'll end up being just one. It was a very personal story. Eric's going through a lot right now. Hannah's been We're guiding not, him through yeah, it. Yeah, we should going just get rid a lot. Of, we should just get rid of that squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we were the person I had the trouble with, and I have worked on resolving. And it we've got during the squad a lot to talk about regarding conventions this summer. One of which that we've been recently announced on social media, which is GeekyCon. Yes, and that is at the end of July. And we've been waiting for Micah to get back on the show because obviously this is something we want to tell you guys about as a complete group. So if you're on the fence right now, don't be. But we will speak about it more on Monday's episode. Mm-hmm. Get excited. It's coming up fast. Get hyped. We talked about GeekyCon and our other summer travels a little bit on today's Squad of Ice and Fire, um, which you can find on patreon.com slash goo. The chances are that you've heard of us or found us through iTunes. When we get featured, it's because somebody recently rated and reviewed us. People are going to find our show because of you. So thank you very much uh, in advance for rating and reviewing Game of Owns on iTunes. It's also very heartwarming to see that so many people care about their Game of Thrones podcast, too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's mm-hmm. enough to love the show. But when you love it and the story so much to care about the Game of Thrones podcast that you listen to. That's pretty cool, too. We'd like to remind you once more that this episode was sponsored by Total War Warhammer. And there are 20,000 roaring orcs. Pick the game up on the Steam Marketplace. And we're six out of ten episodes gone, guys. Over halfway finished. That's wild. Yeah. There's so much left to cover. <laughs> we're looking at you, energetic fans of this story. Finish it out with us. We're looking at you, broken man. We're going to meet you on <laughs> Sunday. You are, it might be wherever you're from. multiples of you. And we'll be ready. And we'll have the entire... Game of Owns army wearing camel sigils riding with us. Ready to fight. Ready to fight.